James Bond. License to kill. History of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Come on, Bond. Where the hell are you? If we don't do this, there will be nothing left to save. Can I just have one nice evening, please, before the world explodes? When you're ready. You're late. Alright, there we go. Taking over. I am Tone. How about you, Bob? You good? You good? I'm toning. Wow. Alright, everybody, welcome into a special 193rd edition of the analysis where Matt and Bob, we're here to pod. We're gonna be talking about no time to die. And you're listening to the Analysis! We've got our martinis in hand. I'm drinking a uh, Scottish gin botanist. Uh, Bob has a little uh, cold vodka martini. Courtesy, shout out to Brecken. She's a great woman. Of course. Uh, making good martinis. I'm going to snip this. Here, pull it Pull it up for, for the... I know this is radio, not television, but I'm snipping this on the computer here for the post. But mm. yeah, yeah. Our martini, man. Hayes, do you remember what a theatrical event used to be? Your best friend Hayes gets liquored up, rents a car, his load comes seeping in under the door, the Bond theme kicks in, everybody's dancing. My load was seeping under the floor uh, as I walked into the theater. I I, I can't stress- t- t- Tell the people what your day was like, because you went Thursday even before- the movie officially released. Tell the people what your experience was like. All right, here we go. I'm going to nerd out for a second here. This was mm. two years in the making. Uh, Bond 25, No Time to Die, was supposed to release on my birthday, April 12th. Um, I had this whole plan. We are going to rent an Aston Martin, get tuxedos, go to the premiere. Have to wait about a year and a half for this to happen. But we, I, me and my buddy, we're still committed to doing this. So I come down from uh, Solvane. I make wine now. I get down to L.A., we rented a Jaguar F-Type S convertible. It's Couldn't get the badass. Aston Martin. Uh, incredibly fun car to drive. Went downtown to the fashion district. Was able to buy tuxedos instead of renting from Black uh, Black Tux. <laughs> bought a tuxedo. Bought tuxedos. Get them tailored downtown. We get into this Jag. We drive it up through Malibu. We're winding through the hills. We uh, we have dinner at Taylor's Steakhouse. Classic, old school. It's kind of like Musso and Frank's and, and uh, Once Upon a Time but uh, kind of off the strip and more authentic. So we get martinis. I get a bottle of Bollinger that Bond drinks. We get that on ice. We have the martinis. We're drinking Bollinger. We get to the movie premiere. It's at the Chinese theater, TCL, where the Oscars are held. It was an incredible, incredible day. Super fun. Just kind of went all out for it. It's I, I've never been more excited for a film release in my life and uh, the movie delivers. Now we'll we'll get into spoilers maybe in the uh, back half of this. This will be a spoiler episode for sure. But but for the first ten minutes, I just want to get overall reactions uh, from you and kind of chat about maybe our overall feelings, and then we can talk about the ending, certain plot points. But yeah. So if you haven't seen the movie, which not a lot of people have so far, uh, feel free to listen until we kind of uh, and kind of we make that cutoff. But yeah. It just it, I, I could not have been more excited. I almost was willing the movie to be great. Um, it was it was going to be very difficult to be disappointed. Although with such raised expectations, 
I mean, who knows? But the trailer looks so cool. I was so convinced at watching every scrap of getting any info I could, like dissecting all the costumes that were coming out, the the the, the design, the director, you know, Terry Drew Fukunaga from True Detective yeah, Season 1. Yeah. Everything was just teed up for this thing to be a lot of fun, and so I went all in and uh, was not disappointed. Um, but I'm curious how you felt about it. Well, I don't have the same uber affection that you do for the source material i like james bond yeah i think it's fun i sometimes enjoy a james bond movie sometimes i'm a little bored i think it's like any sort of series there's hits and misses but overall i'm a fan of the franchise and so with that, I'm I'm not dissecting the costumes like you are. I'm not <laughs> reading all of the swirling speculation about the plot points like you might have been. But I definitely enjoyed this movie very much, and uh-huh. I think for I for this chapter of the Bond legacy to be closed, I think they they definitely did it well. Me and you have only been alive for the Pierce Brosnan era and now into the Craig era. and But just just knowing what I know and going back and and being a friend of yours and and being kind of swept up in the Bond whimsy, I'm familiar with the canon. And I definitely think this has been the best sex... the, The best experience in a Bond ending that I've ever seen. Well, yeah, I mean, usually these movies are one-offs. There's no through line. The Daniel Craig era is Yes, it's is very modern, unique. yeah. It's very, so... The serialization my, of things has become very 2010s yeah, to 2020s, and this definitely plays into that. Yeah. My, my problem, my only critique is that this series is kind of getting almost to MCU universe building, where... The Vesperlin through line is kind yeah. of hammered in. Uh, you have to see oh, Spectre to see this movie, basically. Yeah, because I saw it with someone that, that hadn't seen Spectre and they were lost. Yeah, because without Spectre, you you don't really buy into the the whole love story with uh, Madeline Swan. I well, mean, you don't it, you don't know why he's so pissed when she gets a call from Spectre <laughs> at the top yeah. three minutes of the movie. You're like, well, what? And like, wait, who's Mr. White, her dad? What, like, no one would have any idea what's going on. Mr. White was a character pulling the strings in Casino Royale. Quantum of Solace, the direct sequel, we follow him into his organization, which is uh, Quantum. Quantum's run by Spectre. Uh, so it, it kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and that's part of the reason why I think Skyfall is almost a perfect Bond yeah. movie, where... In the midst of this world building, you have an absolutely pitch perfect reset uh, while also um, showing Bond's age. He goes into early retirement, which No Time to Die also kind of features. Yeah, yeah. It's so No Time to Die. It it definitely plays a lot of the same beats as some movies that have been successful beforehand. But it really it looks unlike any Bond movie. It's the first Bond movie to use IMAX cameras. Uh, about 40 minutes was shot in it. I'm pretty sure all of that Cuba sequence was as well. It's the the depth of color, the 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 grittiness, the kind of the handheld camera from Fukunaga that he uses. The 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 one shot at, in the final third up the staircase. Yeah, the staircase. Very reminiscent of True Detective. It, mm-hmm. 
it was such an epic, emotionally draining experience. And yeah, there are some elements of uh, a little bit, it's a little bit contrived. There may be a bit of overly sappy moments that necessarily don't work for people. I don't, I'm just, I, I am for sappiness right now. Maybe it's because I've had an emotional month with doing this run and, and, all the things I've been going through, but I, well, well, that's right. I mean, like a timeout, Bob just completed a marathon, Chicago marathon. Uh, yeah. Congrats on that, buddy. I appreciate it. It's huge achievement. I only did it about three hours longer than you did when you did your marathon, but it's, (laughs) and speaking of, speaking of a run, like Rutto, what a run for Daniel Craig. And for me, I was swept up emotionally in just being in a theater. This is the first time I've been inside of a movie theater since me and you went to see Tenet. In Tenet, we saw it with maybe three or four other people in the whole space. And this was a sold-out movie theater that I was in. And then it was a special night because I was appreciative. People were cheering. They're yelling. The line comes up. The Bond theme kicks in. The barrel gun opening. But you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. And then Tenet, it's like some other asshole. Like, And, and, you know, what a... what a run for Daniel Craig. And it's also funny, just ironically with Tenet and Chris Nolan, a lot of his inspiration comes from early Bond films and in Tenet and Inception. They're very Bond-esque, but with the uh, more sci-fi elements. Anyway, I digress. That's off Tenet topic. was Nolan's Bond. Yeah. He but was then, trying and, that, Bond, and that but was supposed to save theaters, but now this actually yeah. might do yeah, more my to beer. save theater, even though Marvel's already putting that on their back anyway. But with that, I was I was swept up emotionally, and I think it's it's, it's been a great run for Craig. You can get pissy if you want about Spectre. I, I think that is a little overblown at this point, but I think he, he had the most consistent movies, and I think he's had the best arc, and I, I don't think we can get into the plot yet, but I, I think that where he goes in this movie and and where he's been since Casino Royale, which has mm-hmm. been years from now. You know, it's it's it was years ago, but I I just think oh, he's six. had an incredible run. You know, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you you can quabble about Spectre. I mean, Quantum of Silos is objectively not a great movie. On the on the heels of an amazing reset with Casino Royale, I just Craig. It's, I mean. Um, chastised from the start blonde bond everyone it and his blue just, eyes people were pissed that it, bond had yeah. blue eyes or whatever all people that bullshit suck. we suck yeah, just, but people suck too just like like heath ledger as the joker nobody gave that guy a chance it's the same thing this guy has been crushing it his, yeah, his, his uh his batting average as bond is better than anybody since uh connery for sure it's yeah. him and connery and everyone else i mean we grew up with Pierce. I, I think he got a raw deal where he was almost perfectly cast, but with bad scripts. Yeah. Uh, Roger Moore is a lot of people's kind of third favorite in terms of his, the silliness, but it's those movies are unwatchable almost today. Uh, George There's a Blazin. little silliness in this one. You get a little yeah, bit I, of, hey, I showed him your new thing, and it really blew his mind. I, I'm not going to do the accent. I thought about it doing it for a second, but yeah, there's, no. a, there's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. You so Craig after Spectre was was kind of done. He he go you know he famously said I'd rather slip my wrist and do another Bond movie. But the writers and the producers were like no 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 we got to finish the story. There's like an arc here. 
Uh, and then he c- gets on board. He's like, yeah, but I want to have some fun doing this. He brings in Phoebe Walter-Bridge. He brings in Ana de Armas, who he worked with on Knives Out. He's like, this is my She thing. was awesome, by the way. Fucking amazing. What a that, like, great sequence. Not necessary for the actual plot, but you definitely want to have that in the, the film. The Cuba sequence was fucking rocking. I, so th- there well, are I have, moments- I have a question for you. Yeah. I have Because I, I don't want to get off this before we get in it. Best sequence to you, and I'm going to give you some options here. Opening chase scene with also, keep in mind, that amazing bridge jump stunt that he does with the rope. So that's your first choice. Foggy forest shootout. Norway. Stairwell ascent. Uh Uh-huh. Cuba fight scene. That's your favorite? Those are yeah the top four. I mean even the Jamaica stuff was cool. I I I it's so hard. I I think I would have to go with Madeira or Matera in Italy. The the opening chase scene, the DB five Aston Martin with the the mini guns the and the donut burnouts. Yeah. Honestly, I think I think his best moment in the film is him staring down Madeline Swan. That well, that guy is shotgunning the bulletproof glass right outside <laughs> so the car, <laughs> and he's like just stonewall, like you fucking bitch. I swear to God. Well, he's testing her. He's waiting to see yeah. if she she hangs in there or not. And the fact that and she's, she's like, she's like, I'd rather be dead than blah, 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 blah. James, play James. And then he's like, all right, fuck it, boom. Uh, that the, was so the, badass when he flips the switch and he's like, switch okay, the, flips all right, you know switch. what? You passed the test and now I'll get us out of here. The brass can... horns cue in, he does the donut, he shoots everybody. I mean, God, that, that was so fucking cool. I, I will the, have to the, say, cinematically, the foggy forest yeah. outdoes it for me. The way they shot that, that is a cinematographer's dream, that sequence. And it was thrilling with a capital t when he's in that forest and he's plotting out how he's gonna take down what 14 dudes it was crazy like i i'm i'm foggy forest guy if you reminded me of uh return of the jedi did it not Uh, i didn't get that those vibes i was trying not to think of anything uh, star wars even though this is its own series in itself but when uh, when he when he when he pulls oh, the ripcord around the trees he knocks the, the guy off whatever the bike. The hell's. yeah 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 that's true yeah the triumph uh dude he takes that guy's head off basically that yeah. motorcyclist yeah i see i'm a sucker for for the bond universe the, the land rovers the Aston martins the omega watches the tom ford suits the Triumph motorcycles. Uh, I just, I love that stuff. And then you can't tell me that, you know, so so give me the guy pulling up in a Tom Ford suit and an Aston Martin Vantage over the jerk-off in an Iron Man costume at Comic-Con. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be the, I, I know it's all cinema, cinema building and it's all, you know, Bollinger and uh, and Right Bank Bordeaux Angelus, which is featured in uh, Q's apartment. You know this thousand dollar bottle of Bordeaux. Uh, that stuff just gets me jazzed up. But all right, but that that aside, I think let's talk about the movie making because this had a huge. I mean, this is the the longest break between a Bond movie. Was it six or seven years? Yeah, it's been uh, a while in its history which spans like five decades 50 which years, even though even though years. it's 
a series, it's very unlike the Marvel, because Marvel comes out with like six movies every year versus Bond, mm. which makes one movie every six years. So it's like the yes, World it's a Cup. Series. And also Marvel is based on literature that was designed for seven year olds in the sixties versus Bond, which is steeped in actual literature you know so there's exactly a, yes they're series but in their cinematic events both that that's kind of where the <laughs> it's it grounded to... more in real life and it's it's meant for adults yes I, I, exactly I enjoy uh and a little fun trivia here so ian fleming the author of the bond novels had this jamaican getaway his retirement home after he served in the service he was in the navy he was a commander uh, so he um, he writes these novels at Goldeneye, in, which is his uh, resort in Jamaica. And the Jamaica c- scenes, Bond's home, that was Goldeneye. That's where they filmed oh, those scenes. Oh, shit. That's yeah. really cool. I mean, that also looked like a pretty badass place to stay in general. Incredible, right? Yeah. yeah. So, j- so, and then Dr. No takes place in Jamaica. So Bond is kind of born in Jamaica. And this, this, so I love that they went back to that. But there's even yeah. some Cannibal Run-esque in that opening chase sequence as well. Like you could see little Fukunawa hat tips to other Bonds that me and you have watched. Oh, there's plenty of references throughout this that uh, I, I, so I've seen it twice uh, already. I, I went the other day, night just to, because... I was so emotionally charged and drained after that. The whole day, it was just so thrilling just to be in a theater and see an event film like that. That When it's I'm your just... event film and you've been waiting for it for two years yeah. past when you thought you would get it. So it, it's almost I impossible can, can to be objective. It. So the second viewing, it, it, I let it wash over me a bit more. And uh, you can kind of pick up on something like... Yeah, that Aston Martin V8, kind of that brown car that he gets in that garage, that... So that is in reference to that car features in on on Her Majesty's Secret Service with the George Lazenby Bond and also in Living Daylights with Timothy Dalton. There there's a lot of kind of throwbacks actually to there, there's a there's a whole theme of time and time mm-hmm. slipping away. Uh, the opening sequence there's loads Which was of references. Well done. I thought Billie Eilish. <clears throat> I think the song was great. I thought that the sequence was really nice. Yeah, on its own, you're like, wow, this is really like melancholy, and like I kind of wish she had gone for more. But then when you see it in context, after like this serial killer vibe, this thriller opening, which was so beautifully done. Yeah, with, that was uh, very thriller. Almost, it, it felt good in October <clears throat> for Halloween season when this was originally supposed to open in the summer. I was like, oh, this actually feels fall. This opening sequence with this was, like kabuki mask shattered and murder scene. Like yeah, it was very, no, it, very horror film. That yeah, it was, like, it was like Zodiac vibes. Yeah, right? and it was creepy. Like David Fincher-esque. And, um, and, you know, he also directed Daniel Craig in uh, Earl of the Dragon Tattoo. But um, I love the opening. I love the opening chase. The first half hour just had me completely hooked and completely on. Oh, dude, like, it was relentless. <clears throat> yeah. Almost, and then, uh, you've got the, then you've got the scene with, with the, the submarine sinking or the boat sinking. Uh, anyway. We're getting off topic. You were saying, well, no, I think to your point, I think the movie just looks awesome, and uh, like it, there's just beat after beat after beat. It does, it does kind of get a little convoluted, in as most Bond films do, where you're not exactly sure what is going on, and 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 uh, there's so many characters, there's so many 
villains competing for time. We still have uh, Christoph Waltz of Blofeld. We introduce Rami Malek as a Saffron character who's probably the most dangerous of, of any Bond villains because he's, he's like the Thanos of Bond. He wants to eradicate half the world for the good of the world, which is exactly what Thanos was doing. But it, it's so plausible, especially in the midst of COVID. Yeah, the cellular-based like, oh, virus that kills everyone. Yeah. Yeah, but like the nanobots, nanobots are not just for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it's very it's plausible, but it's also a little hard to kind of wrap your head around at first. So I think a, a second viewing definitely helped me with that. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know. I just think they they stuck the landing in that it's it's very exciting and also emotionally powerful. And I I think people that aren't mega Bond fans can show up to this and be like. You know, the, I mean, Daniel Craig, he's a great, he's probably the best actor to ever play the character. And he kind of, he, you know, he's producer, he's he's involved with the story creation. He brings on these writers and Phoebe Walter-Bridge, which I think would be, it was kind of a fun game to try to figure, figure out, out what, what she wrote. Parts, yeah. yeah, which, and I'm, I guarantee that, that that scene with like the scientists fucking around about like, hey, did you see my uh, weaponized Ebola? Oh, that's just his lunch. Yeah, Th- yeah, that yeah. is so something that she would do. The Russian scientist definitely gave me Dr. Doofenshmirtz vibes. I don't know if you ever watched <laughs> Dr. Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> like, oh, Phineas is that, and is Ferb. That, is that, yeah, Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> and he's this like weird mad scientist that has this obscure accent. And it was right. very... <laughs> whoever that motherfucker was that was the shitty scientist I was like oh he's going dr doofenshmirtz on this yeah and he was kind of getting silly with it too it's very like old school bond yeah where, like, he's getting, like, still that tongue in cheek and, yeah because you know i mean daniel craig was great about you know yeah he was like this blunt uh instrument kind of like what timothy dalton was bringing he's no nonsense you know there there, there aren't invisible cars there's no Q. there's no you know there yeah. is m there's no there's no gadgets in casino royale and you kind of gradually layer that in in, in a real world sort of way but what what i liked about this movie to get back to my point about references is on her majesty's secret service is the only other bond film where he falls in love he actually gets married he he gets married and the woman is killed and uh we have all the time in the world by louis armstrong plays and that's the song that plays us out at the end of this movie so there there's like a lot of homage and references and just this kind of fan service and like all these movies have that like like in skyfall where they reveal the db5 mm-hmm. uh and then he drives M up to scotland the theater cheered for that moment and then i didn't even get this but the reveal of the you know the 1987 dbs v8 aston martin uh which held light so well i i i mean God, I, I'm kind of overwhelmed by things to talk about this movie, but uh, but but Skyfall, I mean, beautiful cinematography. I think this was just yeah. in a, such a different, grittier look. I just loved it. Well, that's that, and that's been the approach of this new Bond has been gritty is one way to describe it. More tactical, it and I, I think it embraces the time that we're in where we celebrate serialization. And, and I think just a lot of that is baking into this this modern Bond finale that I obviously you're really excited about. And l- l- let's get into the plot now. And if you if you want to ding the bell for, <clears throat> for spoilers, but 
I think it was really interesting just in terms of, yes, all the things you're saying and the homages and, and, and the, the shots were well done. But I also just think the characters worked really nicely in terms of their arcs. And I think Madeline, if you think about like being raised in this single parent home because her father was part of this uh this this lifestyle or or this world that kind of impacted her very emotionally and in the fact that you you kind of have the same thing happening with Bond's actual child right where the child's being raised in this single lifestyle but it's the the the, the wild parent is <laughs> is off and so it actually gives that child a chance to have a regular life Right. And I think it's it's I, I, I think that kind of this single parent thing was really interesting. And I also think it just the, the ending of there's no Bond villain that's ever been able to kill James Bond like James Bond decides to kill himself for the right. for the safety of his family. And I think that that plays really into the legacy and tragedy of Bond always being forced to lose the people that he loves because of the life that he's in and the, and the world that he's built. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he may fall for people, but he's you know this. He always pushes them away because this is they his would, lifestyle. And and now we see a scenario villains to fuck with. You know? Yeah, exactly. Now he had he has a, a a wife and and a child, which, which so I think you know the elf in the room. Bond dies in this movie. It's so fucking, he's, I've never seen he's that. Blown up by a thousand rockets. Um, and then you you get through the credits and it says James Bond will return. Well, I kind of get to this a little bit later, but where they go with that? I mean, who who the fuck knows? But but in terms of what this movie accomplishes, it's um, I, it's kind of hard to put into words because w- what I love about the Bond films is that so an old movie would be we would you know we get Felix Leiter come in, he would direct him to Cuba, he'd meet this Paloma character. And she would be the Bond girl, and the two yeah. of them would go off, and that would be they'd go on an adventure, kick ass, and probably fall in love, have sex, and at the end of the movie, that you know they're 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 in love, and then we never see her again. Whereas this, she she kind of plays, she she comes in, crushes, and is and is out. It's it's almost like well, that's like the arc Black of Bond, Widow though. in MCU. You know what I mean? It's like. The, these guest spots come in that like in Avengers they've got so many characters we'll see 10 minutes with the um, you know sharpshooter whatever the hell and then yeah. uh, he's off and we're, we're, we're up into Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy he's like I kind of I kind of like the movies where I, I mean I, I think or I feel the same ass. Yeah, no, but, but I think, like, well, I think it modernizes it, and it's also showing you the evolution where there's all these opportunities where James Bond thinks he's gonna get laid, and then they're like, yeah. "Oh no, like, no, 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 that's not that's not what I'm trying to communicate with you." And Bond's like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then eventually, by the end, like James Bond is somebody who's willing to give his own life for the obviously the community, but also for this for this woman, you know. And I, I think do like the modernization. I, I love the evolution of the character and the modernization. I, I think that it was like a really moment of, of great humor where she's like, oh, no, sorry. The, yeah, no, sorry. I, I'm just here to put on yeah. your suit. But then that scene was so fucking badass that you kind of like, wait, wait, let, let's let's stay with the, this chemistry. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, 
in terms of like a tag team, and then you fit in the new 007. You have Madeline Swan there. You have this old Spectre uh, Blofeld guy. You have Money Penny. You have Ralph Fiennes. There's so many people vying for screen time, and they have so many boxes to check off on this film. They have to wrap up all these little loose ends that I, I kind of long for the days, and maybe we'll see this next, of Bond gets a mission, he goes out and he 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 does it, and then it, it, he pulls some it, ass. It does, yeah, he pulls some ass. Uh, but it doesn't matter that he's died because seven dudes have played this character and they never explain the transition. They, they people have hypothesized that James Bond is simply a uh, a code name for a faceless agent, just like 007 is, and that's that's not really based on anything. But it's just I. You know what would be kind of fun is like Tom Hardy, he's Bond, and they just do a one-off. They don't explain why Bond was killed or what the hell. It, it was just like a nice Daniel Craig. It's like when she, Joaquin Phoenix did the Joker, and they're like, "Yeah, that was it. There's, we're not doing any other. It's just a one thing, one time thing." Yeah, yeah. The only thing I can think because let's talk serious here because Amazon has bought MGM. Uh, and and they and you know with 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 some plan in mind, I I could I could see, uh, Let, what's her name, La, Latasha Latasha Lynch, the like the new 007 series, and she goes off and she's doing these like a mini series role. We have all these, we have the Money Penny character, blah, 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 and they there's a whole new Bond universe. I could see uh, Richard Madden from uh, Game of Thrones being like young bond and mm-hmm. there's like another a- amazon series where like it's like him in scotland before he becomes double o so i i but i i have no idea what they would do with the film franchise i have no idea where you go from this it's it, it, it kind of it just it completely wipes the slate clean and but all you can make the case for like okay this is the mission where bomb dies but some other guy could play him doing a previous mission and it doesn't matter what the time frame yeah. is you know what i mean or even now you could interpret it as Madeline Swan is telling the story of James Bond to her daughter and you can think about it as this reflective narrative and whatever yeah. is is Madeline's truth can become the truth of the story you're telling if if yeah. you want to take it that way. So there, I mean there there's creative writers in that room in those writers rooms flicking pens between their fingers and and coming up with fun ways to to keep you entertained. So I'll just I'll just take it as it comes. I think this movie was a big win. I think I I I don't want to leave today without talking a little bit about Rami Malek. Mhm. How did you feel about him? Speaking of we've got uh Blum Feld coming back almost Hannibal Lecter type of a scene. Very Hannibal Lecter, yeah. Which exactly. I thought fucking rocked. Like, I love that. Mm-hmm. Rami Malek, I don't know. I think there's some Oscar bitterness that I have that's still uh-huh. in me about him, but I think this is like the last movie he can realistically do. Like, I, I, I think when I saw him in the HBO. Uh, movie with Denzel Washington. Yeah. I was like, this guy can't wear regular person's pants. Like he can't wear blue jeans. He can't just be in a regular movie. He's got to be some weird dude. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. He's either Freddie Mercury or someone weird. So I think Bond villain fits. I thought it was okay. How did you feel about him? No, it was okay. I mean, because he's, he's doing very... he's he's doing Doctor No, 
Doctor No was very into Japanese culture. He 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 lived on an abandoned island. He was kind of uh, just generating this 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 fucking you know weapon of mass destruction. I want to talk to you about the stuff about. I I just I sorry I, I don't mean. <laughs> no yeah yeah you're right. Um, he doesn't really do anything except get his arm broken and then stab cool. bomb with like the nanobots and, but yeah, it, usually with Bond villains, that's why I love Skyfall so much because Javier Bardem was one of the best Bond villains in the entire series, if not the best. Um, that monologue, Javier Bardem's, he's coming down the elevator, he's talking about the rats eating each other yeah. on the island, and now they don't like rat anymore or they don't like coconut anymore. They only eat rat. It, that that's one of the greatest Bond villain. Uh, exchanges ever uh and you don't really there's no we we don't even see bond meet saffron until the end third act and yeah, yeah. and usually there's some build-up that they, they meet each other early on you know bond is trying to infiltrate his operation blah 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 he gets found out he's captured but but with this there's no time to to really build up the yeah, the, a typical the, Bond villain movie, like the Blumfeld scene, the Blumfeld scene would have been Saffron. The original scene when he breaks in and gets sprayed with the nanobots immediately, that would have probably been something Saffron-esque. There would have been like three or yeah. four other Saffrons, but because we had all these other plot points mm-hmm. that were tying back in, they had to delegate that time to the third I, act. See, I love the Blofeld stuff. I thought it was better than any interaction they had in Spectre. So I think they were kind of correcting some of the mistakes while also trying to push a new narrative. And I think Rami Malek got pushed to the side. And he was also trying to do too much at once. He was trying to be every villain in every Bond film ever, uh, kind of wrapped up into this very minimalist guy. Did you think the timeline was weird? Because he... Yes, basically Rami Malek when he sees Madeline in the and then thirty then, years later, yeah, now she's a grown woman and you look the same, bro. Uh-huh. Like I get it that some people age well, but bro, you look the same. And there is so much, yeah, there is so much thought put into his mask in the opening that I don't. But it was it was just like a ten minute scene. Yeah, it was I mean, just like, that scene. I thought maybe he would always wear the mask because like his face was so disfigured, but. This is Hollywood, and you got to show the movie stars. So. Yeah, and also Phantom of the Opera has uh, rights to it. You know, yeah, they, they trademark that shit. <laughs> no, so that like, is you that can is only go Jap- half mask for a little bit of time. It's a Japanese kabuki mask. It's an from uh, what's it N O H Noah. But when there's Noah? already a major piece of yeah. culture that has a, a porcelain mask that covers three quarters of the face, yeah. It, you can only spend so much time in it before people are like, oh, it's just a uh, okay. phantom mask. Anyway. Yeah, no. I thought, I, the, I, I thought that villain was... I, I thought the actual things he was trying to do and taking it to a bio level, I, I, I thought that all played. I thought it was menacing enough. Also, just weird that he sets the kid down after all of that fucking tug of war and he's just like, okay, go. go. I was like, that doesn't really seem... I thought the villain was going to be more terrifying, and it was going to be more real-world, fucked-up serial killer, you know, this whole shit that all of our girlfriends are into right now, like like the, the yeah. thriller-horror genre. This I thought it was going to be more fucked and twisted and, and just not like a Bond villain guy 
stroking a cat, twiddling his thumbs. You know, I, I'm farming uh, a, a toxic garden out there. And, and these people are just pushing water around. I don't even yeah. know what they're even doing. Um, but we're getting into the nitty-gritty there, and there are there are some slightly disappointing aspects to the film, but overall, I just think it's such a blast. And like we talked about, like the single shot... It's most shot... about Bond's journey. Like yeah. It's, and when you focus on that, then it's a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The, the shot and, you were saying? Well, no, I just... Uh, him going up the staircase and, it, like, Fukunaga kind of showing his cards and, like, putting his stamp on the film. First American director to ever tech, tackle a Bond movie. And uh, it was fucking cool. There were... I mean, there was the yeah the um, the watch scene you already mentioned was just like I, I kind of wanted more of that because like all all the action set pieces were the star of the movie, and that there was kind of like there was always I mean there has to be a lot of um, kind of like like plot moving and ex uh, exposition, but um, but when we get like the Triumph motorcycles and the Land Rovers chasing over Scotland and Norway and you know where else they shot uh, the 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 duster jacket from uh, you know this Italian designer that, mm-hmm. I think B- Bond has never looked so great. I think the design, I think costume design could seriously win Oscars here. I think set set design for Cuba was incredible. I think art direction. Uh, well, cin- maybe even cinematography. You're looking at a nomination for the for yeah. a scene alone. I mean, uh, what um, our our boy was the last one to get nominated uh, for Skyfall for um, cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, Deacons. Roger Roger Deacons. Yeah, I mean Roger Deacons shot Skyfall and it was fucking gorgeous. And and this is the only movie since or even before that has looked unique and, and kind of had its own stamp on it and just there were so many different themes uh and and motifs and kind of color palettes um i just they kind of they, they really went for it in terms of style and but i think there is enough substance here that people should be satisfied and i don't there's a lot of critique coming from like i can't believe you killed bond but i don't know where i'm not sure no, where that really it. leads to Right. It just makes you know that there's always going to be audience members that don't want you to take any chances. Yeah, I think people, anything that challenges an expectation frustrates people. Yeah. And and that's just not the type of story that I want to sign up for is the expected story. And not that every time you need to turn an expectation on its head, but I think this one really made sense to me in terms of the arc of this character. I think it made sense in the entirety of the stories that Daniel Craig and the team have been telling. And and I, I commended the choice. I think it made total sense. And if they didn't go that way, I would have been like, Oh, that, that was the easy route. And the, the compelling route would have been what they did. And so I, I think it's great. And you know, it, it's not always going to be popular. No, I I think it was a ballsy move, and it's everyone knew everyone knows it's Daniel Craig's last movie, so why not close the chapter and then? I thought it was beautiful. Let, I thought it was poetic. Have the ships, yeah, it was poetic, and it was it was. And then you've well got all done. the MIs doing the cheers at the end. I think it's it's definitely going to be the most memorable Bond that I've seen, or I will see. Um, 
I mean, yeah, what a run. And the fact that they were able to link five movies together and over a 15-year period, it's just such an epic... I mean, I left the theater completely shell-shocked just because of like, the enormity of the event and the build-up and the expectation, but then also the deliverance, but also... like. But then the 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 realization that the this bond is dead and we'll never see him again, you know, because Daniel Craig's out. Um, he he didn't he didn't want to do this movie initially because he didn't think he had it in him. You know, he got injured in Quantum of Silence. He got injured filming this movie. He's he, you know he he's, he's older. He's, yeah, yeah, he's old, and so he didn't really do as many stunts in this. Um, there there wasn't a ton of Bond doing doing stuff really um well this bond's always been kind of the linebacker of the bonds and it's yeah more he'll of smash like, through a door instead of yeah. like seducing it yeah and then it's it's more of a physically taxing role and it's been 15 years that he's had to do it and so i i can see where you would just be interested to, knives out is a lot easier of a movie on you yeah so yeah i think but i i it, it was a great experience. I think it's a big win. I, I hope people go out and really charge into the theaters because that'll motivate them to make other stuff that's not Marvel, um, even though this is still uh, obviously a branded Universe franchise. building. Yeah. But I just think it's... I, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very happy in the state of movies, and I was very happy to be there. So excited. It's like it's the first movie-going uh worthy experience of the year and we're in october you know this this is a, you have to see this in theaters yeah um and, and i was so happy to do so both times um and shout but, out to my people at the Rep, the webster regal palace because the audience was well behaved everybody had their phones off it was it was beautiful so yeah. let's just keep that momentum going let's keep on a chucking if we don't do this, there'll be nothing left to save. Yeah. So yeah, we we need to save the we need to save theaters. So so yeah, please go see this movie if you have any interest. Uh, it, it's an incredible experience to be back in theaters. It's it's such a worthy film. Tenant tried to save the movies, but I think this hope. Sorry. The, yeah, this is the movie that's going to save it. movies. And then we got Dune in a couple weeks. Don't uh, put that I, pressure on that movie. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, which I'm pretty excited about though. But how do you feel? Um, this is this is your finally that this podcast is the absolute last chapter of this journey. It started two yeah. years ago. All of the delays. You finally see it. You have the great experience. Did this podcast service you and give you a final button? Well, honestly, it's like running a marathon, Bob. You know, you you're you're, <laughs> you're, you're running you're running twenty miles. You hit that wall, and then you just want to finish. And then by the time you finish, you're elated, but your legs are fucking shot. Yeah, and then shit in your leg. Yeah, you you shit down your legs. You can't move. You just want a beer. And also, and then like once the adrenaline wears off, honestly, this is actually real. Once the adrenaline wore off, I was like, fuck, man, this like like what now? Like I kind of had a moment of melancholy where. I was like, what, what do I have left to look forward to? Now that James Bond is gone. <laughs> yeah. This was the, this, this this is what was keeping me going, man. Like, wait, this movie was keeping me going through the pandemic, and now it's still going, and I don't really have anything else to look forward Buddy, to. Buddy, so, I'm going to come out there and spend some time with you. I think we, yeah, we got some stuff to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It's gonna be all right, man. There's gonna be yeah. another James Bond. I promise. I know. They've okay, got like 178 right. billion dollars reason why. All right, man. Well, play me out with some Billie Eilish. Let's get out of here. Hell yeah. No time to die. Was I stupid to do this? All right, man. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, always, man. All right. All right. Wait. Peace. Bye.